We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember to subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google play tune in or spotify and of course you can always check us out at cheeseheadtv.com i'm kyle fellows and i'm joined by the one and only Andrew Mertig. We're back for another Monday edition of the podcast. How you doing, Andrew? Good. I'm really trying not to take this personally because it's like we've only had two people for the last three weeks. I know. It was you and I and then Maggie and I and now you and I again. So like nobody wants to be around me for consecutive weeks. <laughs> that's OK. We're, we're moving past it. Maggie and I take turns taking one for the team and showing up to record with you, but it's just, it's worked out that way. And uh, of course we miss having Maggie with us this week, but it's good to be back. And I think we're ready to talk about the combine, Andrew. It's this week. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy that we're already there, but I, I know players start showing up as early as tomorrow, I believe in Indy. And um, it's, it's going to be wild to have another Indy combine under our belts. Absolutely. And I, you and I were talking before we even hit record tonight just about some players that were really looking forward to seeing their measurements. And I will fully admit before I start rattling off players' names, Kyle, I don't know who's participating and who's not. <laughs> 
So if I mention anybody that's like injured or opting out, like I apologize. This is my ignorance for being really busy in my personal life. But like just going through my list of of players that I'm watching that like I'm really intrigued to see what their testing numbers look like. Bucky Irving, the running back from Oregon. Like I want to see how he tests because he looks electric in short area space on tape. Does he have any long speed to go with that? Somebody like Braylon Allen, the running back from Wisconsin, who is mm. huge and yeah. looks really athletic. But like you never know, like, is that just the players he's playing against? How is that going to show up? One of my favorites, another Oregon player, wide receiver Troy Franklin. You had kind of teased yeah. me before I watched this tape. Like, you're going to love this guy. Yes. Dude is so twitched up. Like, tall, skinny, really, really fast. Maybe there's a little bit of Christian Watson there, mm-hmm. um, but, like, so electric on tape. I'm yeah. I'm excited to see how he does at the combine. Um, there is a couple of – I mean, Brock Bowers – tight end from Georgia is probably going to blow up the combine as a really quick looking tight end on tape. I don't know what his long speed is. Uh, Jatavian Sanders, the tight end from Texas could put up some eye pop numbers. I really liked him. Um, The tackles are always fascinating. There's so many in this class. Uh, If I'm going to pick one, Amarius Mims from Georgia. He's a really, really fun mover. I think he could be the guy we started talking about as like a late first round pick, maybe sneaking into the second round that could shoot up into like top 10 conversation if his movement skills look good enough because he's huge. Uh, You know, the defense lineman, maybe not the most impressive class you've ever seen, but there's definitely some guys that are a little bit juiced up there. Um, Excited to see how they test. And then that edge group that, you're not really sure who's like number one, who's going to separate themselves there. Uh, so who's moving around. I really like chop Robinson from Penn state and Dallas Turner from Alabama. Uh, I think those guys are going to test incredibly well. So excited to see that. Oh, it's so, it's so funny. Like we haven't honestly, like I think maybe it's because the Packers played further into the playoffs than like we kind of thought that they were going to, but we're a little bit slower in just like our, off-air conversations than maybe we would be normally and uh it's funny like I knew you were gonna like Troy Franklin he's a really really fun player like that as a wide receiver just he's got the speed but he's also a complete complete maybe generous but he's a more complete wide receiver brings that entire skill set he's not just a deep deep threat kind of a player so that's really fun Uh, but you mentioned Chop Robinson is one of your favorite players and he's actually a player that is He's creeping up my rankings, but I did not like him as much as consensus the first time through. But his athleticism and just his raw tools are like what gets you really, really excited. And someone who can help him put it all together, I think, you know, is what he's going to need at the next level. But uh, it's funny. we Some things we see the same. Some things we always see a little bit differently. And that's what's so fun about this process. I'm doing a project for Cheesehead TV Draft Guide. I'm responsible for the edge group this year. And so I am living there and I know way too much about a lot of these (laughs) edge guys. Um, My head's about to explode, but um, I'm really excited to see who separates themselves in kind of like the second, third tier. Of course, you've got like the Dallas Turners, Jared Verse, Latu, who are kind of at the top there. But that next group of guys, the Darius Robinsons, uh, Chris Broswell, I have Chop in that group, and then like maybe a little bit further down, Adisa Isaac, and then Austin Booker is a player. I tweeted this this week, and I know it's crazy, but I feel like he's a player that could rise as far as like the second round. I think he's a player that like 
could be that kind of like speed rusher that the Packers don't have. I know Packers traditionally have always taken these really, really big defensive end kind of bodies to play outside linebacker. I kind of think if they're looking for something a little bit different and there's reason to believe if you look around teams like the Texans, the 49ers, the Jets, Jets who just took uh, Will McDonald last year, like there's precedent for like getting some of these speed guys anyway. Uh, Austin Booker is a player who weighs like 240, 245 pounds, but is an athletic freak. He's like 21 years old. He'll be like, yeah, almost 21 and a half when he's drafted. I could just see the Packers taking a really big swing on a player like that. Can't wait to see how he tests. Um, when you get into these corners, I haven't really gotten to the corners yet. Those guys are all going to be separated. There's like four or five guys who are kind of clumped together in the first round right now. Testing is going to matter a ton there. And for me, this is the biggest one. Tyler Newbin. We know that the Packers need a safety, right? This is going to be the conversation until the end of April. Tyler Newbin is probably my favorite. He's at least my favorite safety, if not my safety one for this class. But I don't know if he's a true center fielder. I don't know if he can do that, but he's a good safety. So how he tests um, and how the Packers are willing to view him going forward, if he weighs like 210, I think that that changes the way that you treat him. If he comes in a little lighter and runs a little faster, I think that that makes it a really interesting conversation because he's got great instincts um, and great anticipation that helps him get into you know, advantageous places to make plays on the ball, even if maybe he's not the fastest guy that you could have, you know, deep in your secondary. So lots of dominoes that are going to fall this week. And it doesn't matter. Every single year, we just get jazzed for for what's next and what we're going to see at the NFL Combine. Yeah, and I'll just say this really quick, because we, we will spend a lot of time conversing with people on Twitter or amongst ourselves and arguing about who is and who isn't a Packers prospect based on yeah. measurements <laughs> and times and all of these things. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you look at the track record of the team over the last 30 years, you can get a pretty good picture of who they prefer. But I always want to be cautious. You and I both sort of disqualified Jaden Reed from the conversation last year. Yeah. Because we were like, well, he doesn't really fit the normal receiver that they look for. Well, yep. guess what? He's on the Packers. Uh, and so I think I think you have to always take that with a grain of salt. You bring in a new defensive coordinator. You don't know if he has some different preferences. And then, like, does Brian Gutekunst care what the defensive coordinator's preferences are? You would think he does because he's a yeah. really good GM. And yeah. really good GMs work with their coaching staff. But Halfley's kind of said, like, give me good players and I'll work with them. I'll fit them into my scheme. Mm -hmm. So does that now change things or does it say, does Brian Gutekunst kind of say, well, I'm good at identifying players that fit into these categories. So you're still going to get kind of the same old edge rusher, linebacker body types that the Packers have been uh, very used to over that, that, you know, span of 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. It's really interesting. You mentioned Jaden Reed and I think, you know, we have the types, right? Like we know the Packers types over the years and what that's looked like. But at the same time, we have recent examples of how that's shifted a lot. And like maybe we shouldn't be so stuck on those things. Like I, you mentioned we discredited Jaden Reed. We also kind of threw out Devontae Wyatt in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Like too old, right? Like never going to touch him in the first round. They absolutely did, right? And then uh, we said they'll never take a linebacker in the first round. Like that was the easiest thing to throw out and be like, never going to happen. And of course, Quay Walker, you know, was the pick that shocked us and still is so confusing in some ways that they did that there. So I do, I think we have to, you're right. I think new coordinator is going to bring some factors in that Brian Gutekinds will have to 
have to factor in. And I think, you know, that's going to require an additional linebacker on the field sometimes. Um, it's going to, you know, increase the importance of the pass rush. And obviously as a defensive backs guy, like he's going to want some more talent there too. So I think to say we don't know like what, or we, that we do know what the Packers will prioritize in all those ways, I think is, I don't know, I don't want to say foolish, but I do think that there's a little bit more mystery maybe now than there ever has been. Absolutely, for sure. So uh, speaking of what the Packers are going to do in the offseason, how about their division rivals? Yeah, so let's jump into the rest of the show for us today. Going into the offseason, our team here on Mondays, we want to take a little bit of a look at the Packers' division rivals and see what they might be planning through free agency in the draft. And uh, Andrew and I got things started with the Lions and a preview of Detroit a few weeks ago. And last week, Maggie and Andrew looked at the Vikings, but we saved the most interesting conversation, I think, for this week. Uh, we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears as they face probably one of the most pivotal offseasons that their franchise has faced in some time. Lots of decisions are going to be made that are going to have ripple effects for, I think it's safe to say, a decade. So, Andrew, let's kick this off with what the Bears might look to do in free agency. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, the Bears enter the offseason with a really advantageous cap situation. Uh, and I apologize for these numbers because this was I, I actually wrote these down before the league announced what the salary <laughs> cap actually is this week. So I could have okay. gone back and refigured it out. But hey, you know what? Being lazy. Uh, but <laughs> they did before this enter the offseason with a projected $54.8 million in cap space, which would have been the fourth most in the league. Of course, just add some more money to that figure because... <laughs> The league decided to be really generous, yes. uh, but they can pull some levers with simple restructures and get that to about one hundred nine million dollars. And if they wanted to be like super aggressive, they could get to one hundred twenty eight million with max restructures. But really, like there's no sense in doing that, given the potential long term implications, like they're going to have so much money to, to do whatever they want with. Yeah. Um, so they already did get a head start by cutting uh, safety Eddie Jackson and guard Cody Whitehair, which saved them an additional $21.71 million in cap space. And they can save some more money with a few additional cuts. But at this point, there's just not like a super big reason for us to even discuss this, right? Like it's just getting too into the weeds. Things like uh, saving $3 million by trading Justin Fields are a possibility. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about if that's a good idea or not. The point is being north of $109 million dollars 
is going to be plenty moving forward in the offseason. And the Bears do have some key free agents of their own to take a look at. Cornerback Jalen Johnson, probably the headliner, wide receiver Darnell Mooney, Edge Yannick Ngakwe, guard Lucas Patrick, tight ends Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis, running back Dante Foreman, and of course my old friend wide receiver Equinemia St. Brown. Um, yeah, that's an interesting list. I, yeah, that's an, I, I mean, there's not a lot there that absolutely has to be brought back, right? Like you mentioned, they have $109 million to hypothetically work with here. I think for the bears, it's going to be a conversation of like, who can they get to come to Chicago more than like, can they afford them? And like, I mean, that's a nuanced conversation to figure out, like so much goes into this, but obviously Jalen Johnson is target one a for this team and a player that they absolutely have to resign. Like, you can't let him leave. He was PFF's highest-graded corner in 2023. So you bring that guy back, you give him whatever it takes to make that happen, especially with the flexibility you have in your cap. Um, Mercedes Lewis was good for the team last year, but he only played about a third of the offensive snaps. And you've got to think that he's probably getting close to retirement. Like, that's going to happen eventually. So unless he gets that call to go over to the New York Jets, then maybe we see that uh, rebirth of Mercedes Lewis going to hang out with Aaron Rodgers. But um, everybody else on this list was kind of bad or like not super impactful. So I think Darnell Mooney could maybe get a boost in his career going somewhere else, but it doesn't seem like he's kind of going to get that in Chicago. But for me, it's just kind of Jalen Johnson here. Yeah. And moving on to the draft, this actually surprised me a little bit. So we all know the Bears have two first round picks, of course, number one overall and their own pick, which is number nine overall. So the, a lot has been done about that, having two top 10 picks. But the rest of the draft for them is their own third and fourth rounder. They have a fourth rounder from Philly and their own fifth rounder. So that's it. They only have six picks as of right now. Yeah, this is where it gets really interesting, right? Like if you watch like national sports media, like Nobody doesn't know that Chicago has the first pick in this draft. It's all everybody's talking about. But, you know, Chicago could literally do anything, right? Like, they could keep Fields. They could draft Marvin Harrison and put those two together. They could trade Fields and take Caleb Williams. They could trade out of the pick and stockpile picks. At this point, it kind of feels like they're trading Fields and taking Caleb. The fact that they're giving very little security to Fields feels stupid if they're planning on rolling with fields like they're just like undermining all of his confidence and then to keep him would be really really strange but um you know if if that's the case if they're going to take Caleb they can probably get a few picks for Justin and really just have a chance to fill out this roster um and get things pointed in the right direction The, the Panthers being terrible last year is really annoying um but that's where we're at like they've got the one they've got the first pick in the draft um so we'll find out a way that they screw this up, right? Like that's the hope we have here is that like, they're still the Chicago bears. Like they've got the first pick, but they'll find a way to, to mess it up. Well, that's really interesting because, you know, it kind of goes back to uh, some previous conversations that I've heard from, you know, quarterback experts around the league, namely Jordan Palmer mm. and how he feels that teams bust on quarterbacks more than quarterbacks bust on teams. And you really think about like this culture that you're putting your young quarterback into and how has that culture been for Justin Fields so far? Well, not great. 
and you're putting him into a situation with a coaching staff and a GM who might be on hot seats this upcoming yeah. season. And again, not really an advantageous situation for a young quarterback. So um, that will be really interesting. But this is the part of the show where we do what we always do with these offseason preview conversations and just ask, like, what would we do? And I realized as you were talking, Kyle, I wasn't completely honest in this segment. I did what I thought the Bears would do with combined <laughs> with what I would do. Okay. Really, if I'm the Bears, I keep Justin Fields for one more year. I trade number one and I stockpile a ton of future assets again. Try to repeat the same game um, going forward. Draft, you know, some dynamic young players, but just keep stockpiling picks going forward mm-hmm. and just give Justin Fields one more opportunity. But I don't think the Bears are going to do that. So um, in free agency, I'm focusing on the defense and the run game. I I like the idea of using like 60 to 70 percent of that huge amount of cap space and leaving the rest for the next offseason and even having some rollover amount there. Bring in some veteran defense alignment, which like defense alignment was a massive problem for Chicago last year. I think a combination of DJ Reader and Grover Stewart are going to take a weakness and make it a strength. You can probably sign those guys to big contracts in the short term so you're not sort of, you know, affecting your your longevity of, of your salary cap situation. I'd do everything I can to bring back Jalen Johnson at cornerback and get one more veteran leader for that locker room in, like, safety or slot. Like, a, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I think, would be a fantastic fit. His attitude, his personality, uh, to kind of come in there and, and be an attitude guy and a leader in that, that backfield. Uh, or that secondary, I should say. And then finally on offense, I'm taking a stab at a top-notch running back. Saquon Barkley would look really good in Chicago. Maybe not look good. He'd be a fun fit. I don't think anybody looks good in that jersey. But I, I think interior offensive line is big need. So maybe targeting like one of the Dolphins duo, Connor Williams at center, Robert Hunt at guard. That would be like five to six big free agents. And that's a lot of money. But the Bears can afford to front load those deals. And they'll have like a two to three year window where they won't have much to resign. Yeah, really, they have so many options with how much money that they have available to them. I do wonder if they're going to have to tell prospective free agents what their plan is at quarterback or if maybe the Fields deal gets done here more sooner than later so that incoming players know who they're signing up to play with. That kind of makes sense to me that they, they want to sell the future here uh, to those incoming players. But I'm going to be really boring here. I'm going to be fixing the offensive line for the quarterback of the future, whoever that is. Um, they're pretty committed to Darnell Wright and Braxton Jones at the tackle spot. But the interior of this offensive line needs a significant upgrade. Lucas Patrick, who we're very familiar with, is a free agent. Uh, he struggled last year. He played over 900 snaps for this team, though, in 2023. So we're going to replace him with a still 26-year-old Connor Williams, who you mentioned, um, who will cost a lot. But I think it's worth it to get that kind of consistency and potential high-level play in the middle of your offensive line. Uh, on defense, I'm definitely re-signing Jalen Johnson, and I'm with you that you just You've got to add a safety, and so maybe that is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Maybe it's someone like Xavier McKinney, although it sounds like he may get the tag uh, from from the Giants. Uh, But if he shakes free, I think that's someone you could look at. But I think you spend a little bit more money in your secondary, and I think someone like Christian Wilkins on the defensive line is definitely worth an add because not a lot of people are talking about that defensive line, but it's pretty bad uh, for this Chicago team. 
Yeah, and so the Bears have the capability to make some big splashes in free agent, address a lot of the needs that they may have, um, you know, whatever side of the ball it is on, um, but specifically taking a look into your offensive line and a lot of that defense. But then in the draft, what would we do? Uh, and for me, that is take the quarterback you prefer at one, because it seems like they're going that direction, so just do it. Um, and then trade Justin Fields and take best player available the rest of the way. I, I do love the idea of taking a wide receiver at nine, and I think every mock I've seen has, you know, the the Bears taking their quarterback at one and then Roma Dunze at number nine. I, I That does make some sense. I think the skill sets with him and DJ Moore uh, certainly make a ton of sense. But, you know, Whoever it is, pairing your rookie quarterback with DJ Moore, a top 10 wide receiver, Cole Komet. And then I had mentioned Saquon Barkley, like really improving that run game. Man, that that offense could go from like kind of eh to pretty darn good quickly. And your your rookie quarterback is going to have every opportunity in the world. Yeah, I mentioned I'm, you kind of covered the top of the draft here, but I mentioned fixing the offensive line. I'm with you that it makes a ton of sense to go quarterback wide receiver early in this draft, but I'm using the second round pick that I'm hypothetically getting for Justin Fields and maybe some other draft capital to move up. I'm going to get another offensive lineman here. I want someone like Jackson Powers Johnson or Graham Barton in the bottom of round one or early in the second round, whatever it takes. You know, I've got the draft capital now. I'm going to go up and get one of those guys. Uh, so then, you know, you've got your tackles. You've got two upgrades in the, in the interior. I think you feel pretty good about the offensive line. And so you're giving that new quarterback a real chance to succeed after making all these moves. Yeah, absolutely. And normally with a team that was as bad as the Bears have been the last few seasons, you would think like they need as many draft picks as possible. But with all of that free agent money to use, they can fill in all of their holes through free agency and then really use those draft picks. As you mentioned, you know, even if they're acquiring a two for Justin Fields, Use that and some other draft capital move up instead of what you would think move down uh, and just really like make sure that you're getting those young pieces to be able to have a success path for your young quarterback. Uh, so that that's the Chicago Bears offseason. Looking forward to the combine this week. Uh, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. Make sure you check out the Cheesehead TV draft guide when it releases uh, in his segment on the edge rushers. Uh, Maggie at Maggie J. Loney and also on Pax, which he said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, myself every single Monday. Next week, we'll be back with more offseason coverage. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Go, hey, go!